Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 10th of August. Landmarks across Melbourne have been lit up in pink overnight as tributes continue to flow for Olivia Newton-John. Her family has accepted the offer of a state funeral in Victoria. The 73-year-old passed away yesterday after a 30-year-long battle with breast cancer. Niece Toddy Goldsmith has told Channel 9 it's been a very difficult time over the last week or so, but she did get to say her goodbyes. Got me on FaceTime, so I managed to see her and told her all the things I needed to say and wanted to say on behalf of my brother and sister as well because she's been more than a mother to us. She's, you know, she's been an incredible part of our lives. The Olivia Newton-John Cancer Wellness and Research Centre will also hold their own memorial service for staff and patients. Australia will send another $10 million in aid to Indonesia to help tackle the country's foot and mouth disease outbreak. The funds will go towards vaccines and technical support on the ground. Agricultural Minister Murray Watt says it's the latest in a raft of measures to try and prevent the disease from reaching Australian shores. We need to take this threat seriously, but we also shouldn't overstate the risk. While the risk is low, the consequences are high. And that's why we're working night and day on even more measures to help prevent pests and diseases from entering our country and decimating our ag sector. A man is still behind bars this morning after being charged with the alleged stabbing of a woman in one of Sydney's wealthiest suburbs. The 46-year-old faced court yesterday charged with attempted murder and a new charge of shoplifting. It's been revealed the alleged attacker was a close friend of the family, the victim's husband saying it's extremely disturbing. Could you imagine... The person was the best man at your wedding and the godfather to your daughter doing that. It's exactly like that. No bail application has been made and the man will reappear in court in October. Overseas now and China is continuing to flex its military muscle, announcing more drills around Taiwan. It comes after Taiwan's foreign affairs minister thanked Australia and other powers for calling out Beijing's actions. Meantime, back home, the Chinese ambassador is set to speak at the National Press Club today. He's expected to address ongoing tensions and the nation's presence in the South Pacific during his speech. International security expert John Blacksland says our government is also likely to be scrutinised. I suspect we will see the Chinese ambassador call for Australia to make more concessions, to be more respectful of China's position, uh, essentially to get us to pull our heads in and stop uh, defending uh, rights and obligations and positions that we think are important to Australia's way of life. And we're still yet to find out exactly why former US President Donald Trump's home was yesterday raided by authorities in Florida. Mr Trump has released a statement claiming his Mar-a-Lago home is under siege, while he also claims agents have broken into his safe, but the FBI still has not officially commented on the raid. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To New South Wales, a more public transport chaos for thousands of commuters as rail workers walk off the job again today. Our reporter Sasha Barbagat has the details from Sydney. Thanks, Tash. Services on the T4 line will be crippled today as the fight between the state government and RTBU over safety concerns on the new intercity fleet remains at a bitter stalemate. Commuters in and around Cronulla and Bondi will be affected by the stoppage, 
with no services expected to run between 10am and 4pm. But Sydney Train CEO Matt Longland says they are working with the union to try to get a basic hourly service up and running, but there are no guarantees. That will be dependent on the number of trains that are available and also the staff that are willing to work during that stop work period. We'll certainly do everything we can and we're working closely with the union to look at where there's an opportunity to run a service during that period. Today's action kicks off an expected three weeks of disruptions on all of Sydney's major train lines, tipped to wrap up on August 31st. And to Queensland, and investigations are continuing into a fatal house fire near Townsville, which has claimed the life of a woman and left a man in hospital with severe burns. Lachlan Itter has more from our regional newsroom. And a warning, this story contains some distressing details. It's been confirmed a 47-year-old woman has now died following that fire in air south of Townsville yesterday morning. She and a 65-year-old man were taken to the local hospital following the blaze around 5.40am. Both were in critical conditions when they were later transferred to Townsville. Police say they were called to a mental health matter at the home earlier in the morning and another man who was hospitalised with smoke inhalation was injured while trying to help the couple when the blaze broke out. Chris Lawson from the Townsville Police District describing the scene which met officers. Queensland Police Service and Queensland Ambulance Service responded to two people who were very severely burned. So there's obviously various graphic scenes around that and uh, we're doing our best to support the officers involved in that regard. And if you need support, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. We love starting with some good news. Despite increasing interest rates and the cost of living, business confidence is very strong at the moment. Tash, good morning. Yeah, it's a remarkable story. In fact, not only is business confidence great, but consumer confidence is terrible. And so you've got both these things happening at the same time. And there's a real question about what comes next. Business profits are high. Utilisation is high. We know that. Uh, and despite some concerns about it, a lot of concerns about inflation, interest rates, business confidence really, really high. Unfortunately, I don't want to be the downer, consumer confidence is now at the same levels as it was during the COVID lockdowns. I'm going to say that the RBA is not super unhappy about that, by the way. Um, they're trying to get us to stop spending. They want us to kind of think twice before we go and put some money in the economy. They don't want to necessarily crush the economy, but they want to make sure things slow down. Maybe with businesses being confident, i.e. they're going to hire, they're going to keep investing, and consumers pulling back a little bit, that might be the perfect scenario for the RBA. Yeah, consumers are pulling back because, of course, in many circumstances, rising interest rates and increasing mortgages. And talking Mm -hmm. about that, Scott, some interesting new research from realestate.com. Yeah, this is, this is remarkable. So some of the numbers out from there are just really, really strong. The, the results they had uh, out yesterday were just phenomenal. Revenue and profits up double digits in a slowing housing environment. In fact, the REO boss saying, actually, you know what? Interest rates were necessary. Interest increases were necessary. They were overdue. We needed to cool things down. When the boss of a real estate classifies business says that, you know, mm. the RBA was late to the story. Uh, they're seeing still really strong uh, listings. They also believe, maybe this is a bit polyamorous, that a slowdown will help them because more people will spend more money trying to sell their houses. Time will tell. Uh, but a remarkable number. And again, back to that business confidence story. I think this earnings season, we're kind of a week into it now, we're going to see plenty of good news, at least historically, 
it's those outlooks and the kind of the expectations for companies moving forward that we were paying most attention to. And Scott, talking about the RBA, the ACTU is concerned it will cause a recession. Yeah, this is really hard. I, you know, it, it's it's tough when you're a lobby group, whether you're a, a union, whether you're an employer group, whether you're, you know, choose your topic, choose your industry, choose your lobby group. Uh, the RBA is trying to slow the economy. It's absolutely, the ACTU is right. The Council of Trade Unions, absolutely right. We do run the risk of a recession. The RBA, I think, would say that. Uh, they've used the phrase, whatever it takes. Uh, the union groups are saying, well, hang on, that's, that feels like it means no matter what the consequences. They don't think those consequences are worth paying. Now, of course, if you're looking after workers, you don't want people out of work, you don't want rates to go up and people have to default on their mortgages or just do it really tough. So you understand why the union groups are concerned about the impact on workers. i got to say, though, unless governments and, and other policies find a way to slow the economy for or with the RBA, the bank really has no choice because the alternative is high and continued inflation. We know how significant that's been on petrol prices, mm. on grocery prices, everything else. You just can't let inflation get away. So I have a lot of sympathy for the ACTU's point. I just don't think there's a lot of option. This is the least worst solution, unfortunately. Scott, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. <laughs> Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. Brett, good morning. This is sad news. A tennis icon is set to retire after the US Open. Yes, good morning, Tash. That's right. Serena Williams has announced that the US Open coming up later this year will be her last. She's 40 years of age. She wants to uh, focus on her family and is planning to have uh, another child. She's got one already. And look, she's been chasing Margaret Court for a long time now on uh, 24 Grand Slam singles titles. She has 23, which is a record in the Open era. Can she match her at the US Open? That would be a fairy tale way to go out. She is, as you said, an icon and just one of the greatest athletes of all time. To think that she won her first Grand Slam back in 1999 and is still going is absolutely uh, phenomenal. So, uh, yes, yeah, Serena Williams to hang up the racket after the US Open at Flushing Meadows. Yeah, absolute superstar to the NRL now, Brett, and it's dished out its punishment to Raiders coach Ricky Stewart after that extraordinary outburst. Yeah, it's a one-game ban and $25,000 fine, and the NRL will make sure that Ricky himself pays that fine and not Canberra. Of course, that outburst to Jamin Salmon after uh, the Raiders lost to the Panthers, and he brought up some history between them going back to uh, junior days when Salmon was playing against his son. It was extraordinary. Andrew Abdo, the chief of the NRL, called it unacceptable. In terms of what we expect from Ricky and the club for the next seven days, the club have accepted that, and um, we move forward. So no Ricky here. He is the first coach to be suspended and he will not be in charge against the Dragons this weekend and cannot have any contact with them either. To the AFL now, Brett and Carlton will be without its captain as it fights for a place in the finals in the last two games of the season. Yeah, getting a bit nervous, Blues fans. Paddy Cripps has uh, been suspended for two weeks for that bump on Callum Archie. They took it to the tribunal last night. They tried to argue that he only had eyes for the ball and it was a fair contest, but the tribunal disagreed. Not a great surprise when Archie was uh, subbed off with concussion. The focus on the head at the moment. They've got the Demons and the Pies. Really tough final two games. It could come down to that very last uh, game of the season against Collingwood on a Sunday. I reckon there'll be 90,000 plus at that game. Still on the pies and Collingwood is in a battle with Port Adelaide. This has stretched back years. Uh, the power have a prison bar style Guernsey which is black and white, the same colour as the magpies. Uh, Collingwood has refused to let them wear, that, wear it in the past. Their compromise now is you can swap the white for teal but to the power skipper Tom Jonas says he doesn't agree with the terms. As far as I'm concerned 
if you haven't played in it in the past, it's not really a heritage game. Nah. So, I mean, it's, I think they're just taking the mickey, to be honest. That has dragged on for years, that little battle there between Collingwood and Port Adelaide. Brett, thanks so much. Thank you, Tash. And the days of carrying cash could soon be numbered. A small-scale trial of digital currency has been launched by the Reserve Bank. Futurist Mark Pesci says the COVID crisis really made us question the importance of physical money. The pandemic really did for physical money, right? A lot of people just stopped using physical money. And we really, although a lot of people buried bills under their mattresses, we haven't really gone back to using physical banknotes. So this is, I think, probably the next step. This would be digital cash and not cryptocurrency. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow.